Alan Mead is a dentist with too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. Well, hello, and welcome to the Alan Mead Experience. My name is Alan Mead. I'm your host. I'm a dentist, a podcaster, and an amateur meeting planner. With that in mind, I guess I'm going to just start right in with uh, the most important part. Today, I'm actually alone. I'm riffing. I have kind of some cool stuff I want to talk to you guys about, but I'm going to start with the Voices of Dentistry meeting, which is, it's officially coming, people. Now, this is a meeting that if you've ever listened to the Dental Hacks podcast, you've probably heard us talk about. Um, It's a meeting that a bunch of dental podcasters sort of put together. Uh, The very first one was uh, January 2017, so earlier this year, and basically sort of the first of its kind. There's never really been anything like it because the basic thing is it's a meeting for people who like to listen to podcasts. Um, it's, I mean, it's good for probably just about any dentist that wants to get some good CE, have some good fellowship with colleagues, but it was very uh, podcast-centric. Let's just say that. We had basically all the big dental podcasters were there in some form or another, and it was awesome. Some of the things that really were cool about it, the thing that we had sort of a vision, or I had sort of a vision, that it was going to be a meeting that would have a lot of actual podcasting going on. And it's hard because you're like, dental meetings aren't really set up for podcasting. It's You tend to think of a, you need a quiet place to speak and all this. Well, in any case. Uh, so we put together a, a place where people who wanted to, who podcasters that were participating in the meeting, could just show up and, and uh, interview people. And it was sort of a free-for-all. Everyone had a chance to to do their own thing. Well, so what you had was uh, people like me that just, I brought some gear to podcast with. I brought more than I needed to, honestly. And I barely had any time to do it at all because I was trying to run this meeting. But then you got someone like uh, Dr. Justin Moody over at the Dentist Implants and Worms podcast who brought this insane booth with tons of headsets. He literally had shot glasses that he was giving away of fireball and having people come in and literally... I never actually explained my vision of the meeting to him, but it was like he stole it right out of my brain. Like the idea is let's have a super interactive meeting where where people who like to listen to podcasts could enjoy listening to their favorite podcasters, maybe give a talk, but could also like join in and be on the podcast with them. So we're going to do this again. It's going to be great. We're going to have a really killer speaker lineup, and then we're going to have a new, improved, bigger podcasting lounge where all the podcasters if they want to they can set up and do interviews there and we're going to try and make sure that lots of people are there to be interviewed as well so not just the participants to be interviewed but like shoot have the have people who are doing you know speaking at the meeting to sit down and be interviewed by any podcast. it's gonna be great it's really cool probably the most interactive meeting it was like magic i never i've never seen a dental meeting that had this much this much fun and this much interaction so we're doing it again and this year, or this time around, which is 2018, January 2018, specifically January 26th and 27th, in Scottsdale, Arizona. So Nashville was okay. We, we did it in Nashville, but it was I don't think it was the kind of thing where anyone was really wearing shorts or anything like that. We're going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona in January, which is a very desirable place for this Michigan guy. 
Uh, January is generally not Scottsdale weather uh, where I live. Generally, we've got feet of snow. So I'm I'm pretty psyched about that. It is at the Doubletree Resort in Scottsdale. So if you want details, you need to go to voicesofdentistry.com. And here's the deal. If you're thinking you might go, look at the website, check it out. If you're going to go, if you know you're like, yeah, I'm going to go to this thing. I'll sign up later. Listen, sign up before September 18th because it's $300 off the, the price of the meeting right now. It's normal price, eight ninety seven. Right now, if you, if you sign up before September 18th, it's $597. So it, you'd be crazy not to, especially if you know, if you know you're going to do this, you heard about it last year or earlier this year's meeting. You're like, yeah, I'm definitely going. Uh, I know how it is. I always wait till the last minute. I literally just, I'm, I'm going to Las Vegas in like three weeks, less than three weeks. And I just bought my plane tickets this morning. So the <laughs> bottom line, that's what I do. But I'm, what I'm telling you is don't listen to what I do. Uh, be smart about this. Buy the ticket now. So here's the deal. I'm breaking this out. I don't know that this is official. I'm not sure that I'm supposed to talk about this, but I don't care. I'm going to give the Alan Mead Experience listeners a heads up on who's actually going to be speaking. You're going to hear from a lot of really cool speakers. Uh, they're all kind of in the podcasting space. Now, some of them have their own podcasts. Some of them have just been on a lot of podcasts and make a point of being on podcasts. Uh, but we've got a really, really cool lineup. Uh, we have, let me just drop a couple names that might surprise you. First off, if you listen to the Dental Hacks podcast, you know that Dr. Don Kulingowski uh, has been on the show almost as much as Jason and I have. She's a very regular. She's great. She's got lots of awesome things to say. She and Suzanne Robinson have been on the Dental Hacks recently talking a lot about uh, mental health stuff and, and mindfulness and, and stress reduction, that sort of thing. So we asked them to come and do a shtick. So they're definitely going to be there. Um, Gary Takis, who's pretty much the godfather of dental podcasting, is going to be there. Jonathan Abinayam, the guy who has essentially invented digital workflow in dentistry, is going to be there. Jameson Spencer, probably the most looked up to uh, sleep apnea, TMJ. I mean, this guy, is an, he's an animal. He's everywhere. He teaches everywhere. And he's been on the podcast on the Dental Hacks, one of the like most downloaded shows ever. He's agreed to be there. Um, we've got Mark, Dr. Mark Costas, the dentalpreneur. He, of course, is going to be there. He's one of the, he's one of the hosts with me. Um, Dr. Justin Moody from the Dentist Implants and Warrens, another host. We're working all together to put, a, put together an amazing program for you. You're going to have Paul Goodman. Uh, from Dental Nachos, Paul Goodman is going to be speaking there. We have the, I'm. This is just a few of the people that are going to be speaking there. Not to mention the fact that all the pod, dental podcasts that you like to listen to, those people are all going to be there too, and they'll be recording on top of everything else. It's going to be so cool. So here's the deal. Voicesofdentistry.com. Go get your ticket now before September 18th because that's when, that's when uh, the dollar value goes up $300. So you're saving a bunch of money. Now here's the other thing. I'm going to sweeten the pot a little bit, and this is also just for Alan Mead Experience listeners. If you buy your ticket between now and September 18th, uh, all you have to do is email me a copy of your receipt, Alan, A-L-A-N, at the Alan Mead Experience, and I'm going to send you a Dental Hacks t-shirt for free. All you got to do is buy, if you buy your ticket between now and September 18th, uh, and you're a listener to the Alan Mead Experience, email me. A copy of your receipt, Alan at 
theallenmeatexperience.com, and you'll get a free Dental Hacks t-shirt. So I'm kind of psyched about doing that. That's a little something-something for you guys. Uh, and sign up. Let's do this. Let's get this meeting all filled up, and then and then the hosts don't have to worry about how many people are coming and all that stuff. So, hey, here's another thing, too. I have not designed any kind of swag for the LMD experience, but I am wicked proud of the logo. It's like I, I think the LMD experience has perhaps one of the coolest podcast logos I've ever seen. Very proud of it. I had, uh, honestly, I, I threw it out there when I was designing it. I threw it out there on 99designs and found a designer that I love. I love the gothic way that he does stuff. He's actually from Indonesia. And uh, if anyone likes the logo and ever wants to use them, I'll, I'll dig up his name. I don't know exactly who it is. But I love that logo. And I can picture it being on a T-shirt, but I've never actually designed a T-shirt or anything like that. So if anyone out there is like, yeah, I'd really like to design a T-shirt for the Alameda Experience, just let me know. I'll get you a copy of the logo. You can you can uh, put together a T-shirt for us, and we'll uh, we'll set it up there. So as everyone knows, too, the Alameda Experience is brought to you, and all the episodes have been brought to you by Premier Dental Products. Inspired Solutions for Daily Dentistry. Now, Premier is kind of a cool company to work with because they have literally like a catalog full of stuff that they make. Um, they they have just a wide, wide variety of products. But this one might be the one that's closest to my heart because, as everyone knows, I do a lot of composite. I do a ton of direct restorations. It's sort of my favorite thing to do. And um, I have tried like every composite instrument in the world. I've tried them all. And, you know, they're fine, I guess. But one of the weaknesses with composite instruments is when, honestly, once you start using them for any period of time, they, the composite sticks to it. There's nothing worse than, like, an instrument that sticks. A lot, literally, a lot of these guys use those little powder puff, powder puff uh, instruments, the, the micro brush powder puffs, because composite instruments are not reliably unsticky. So... Premier has a line of composite instruments called Slicks, S-L-I-X, the Slicks composite instruments. And they do have a special nonstick coating. And actually, their coating actually doesn't stick. Um, I've Everyone says that their coating doesn't stick. My experience has been the Slicks actually don't. But more importantly than the coating, probably in my mind, is that they stand up to the brutal cleaning that you have to give composite instruments. Now, anyone who's used any kind of magnification at all and notices that gunk sticks to these instruments like crazy, even though you think you got it cleaned up. If you look at them close, it's because they get all chipped up and scratched up because you use them all the time, right? I mean, like it's not like these instruments are going to stay pristine forever. Well, Premier has thought about all this. They know the story on this deal. And so their instruments actually have 14 times the wear resistance to other uh, composite instruments. So that probably to me is the most important part about them. Um, I love them. I love the handles on them, too. They're probably the best handles I've used. They are big, fat handles. They're purple and yellow, so you can see them from across the room. But more than that, they actually have like a, a medical-grade silicone coating. So they're non-slip. They're big, fat. You know, just like I always like those big, fat handles. This is a big, fat handle with a non-stick silicone. It's very cool. They're really the best composite instruments I've ever used, and they come in a whole bunch of different you know styles, just like for occlusal stuff or anterior stuff. They've got a little of everything. I highly recommend you check them out. I'll put a PDF up uh, on the show notes that kind of links to the Slicks instruments. You can see all the different ones they have. You should give them a try. They're really good. They're they're comparably priced to any other instrument you've ever used, but they're 14 times wear-resistant. 14 times more wear-resistant than the other instruments you're using. Totally worth taking a look. 
premiere inspired solutions for daily dentistry. Okay, for today's episode, I had kind of a cool idea. I was thinking about, I honestly was thinking about extractions. I, I had lunch with my dad yesterday. Um, it's cool. My dad, uh, my dad quit his job up north. Uh, too much driving for him, and, and honestly, he's not, a, he's not a company man. It's hard, hard for him to work for someone else. Um, but I, he's, he's going to be turning 75 next month, actually. Uh, but he still wants to work. He still likes dentistry. He's still in it, which I know a lot of people are like sort of groaning at that, but he really likes it. He's really good at removable. He's really good with dentures. And honestly, his job up North has been essentially that it was, they were working in a clinic up North and, and it was sort of basically they took teeth out and did dentures. So that's what he's been doing for the last two years. And I hate dentures. I, uh, I don't have the patience for dentures. I don't really have the skill set because if you don't do it a lot, you kind of lose it. But I also just don't have the patience. And dad's really got a talent for it. And so he's going to be coming in uh, in my office and doing my removable for me. So uh, probably all of you would wish you were so lucky as to have a removable specialist coming into your office. But I have that now. So uh, he and I were talking about how we were going to do this yesterday. And we, we got to talking about extractions. And I was sort of giggling about how extractions are like the total dental love-hate thing for me. I, I love them or I hate them. There's kind of no middle ground. I realize there's like a lot of love-hate things that go along with dentistry. There's, And I thought of four that I thought I could talk about on this episode. So I, I'm going to talk a little bit about my love-hate relationship with certain dental topics. So I'm going to just jump in. Um, extractions as a procedure are like my favorite or least favorite thing, depending on the day. I actually do rather enjoy them. Um, it's like there's two different kinds of extractions. When you think about it, there's the extraction where you know that you're going to be elevating a flap right off the bat. You know it's surgical. Maybe you're taking out a bunch of teeth, or maybe you know you're going to be uh, you're going to be doing an alveoloplasty or taking some bone away. And that's that's one kind of extraction. It's a, it's a whole really and truly when you think about it. It's a whole different ball of wax than the extra, the single tooth extraction or the or the couple teeth extraction where where you're I don't know, I look at it. My goal in a lot of cases when it's a single tooth that the person's having trouble with, I gotta say, pretty typical in my office. They come in, the tooth's abscess, they're having pain with it. Uh I offer them, you know, we could do a root canal, cover the tooth with a crown, and you could you could have it for the rest of your life. Uh, for one cost, and they're like, nope, I'm not going to pay that. Uh, let's just take it out. That happens a lot in my office. I'd, I'd love to tell you that uh, we save all the teeth in the world where I work, but not really. So a lot of times I'm just taking a tooth out that's bothering them. So it's a whole different kind of procedure than when you know, you literally you've got the whole surgical setup, you're ready to suture, you're ready to, you're ready to close that flap, you're, maybe you're going to place a graft, something like that. In a lot of cases, the extractions I'm doing are, are on people where we're you know, going to be adding it to their partial or they're going to do nothing with it or whatever. But so when they go well, extractions are literally the most satisfying in the world because when you're done, you're done. There's no margins. There's no, you know, no polishing. There's no adjusting the bite. There's no, you're, when you're done, you're done. Um, and I kind of love that. But, but it is funny. Extractions for me, when I was in dental school, they always handed you a forcep and said, you're going you're gonna to remove the tooth with a forcep. And I've come to realize that really the forceps oftentimes have nothing to do with the extraction for me. And I know that, I'm, I'm, I know that there's some people that think I'm crazy this way. Um, I tend to, basically, if I put forceps on the first time, unless the tooth has mobility, unless it's already loose, uh, 
I'm going to break the crown off. I do it every time. And I don't know if it's a lack of skill or if it's just like the physics work that way for me or whatever. So I generally, I don't even want to see a forceps <laughs> when I'm starting an extraction. Um, and the other thing is, is if it's a, if it's a tooth that has any kind of, any kind of bone support around it at all, a lot of times I'm going to take a burr and I'm going to flat top that tooth, especially if it's like a molar. Um, if it's, if it's a, if it's a lower molar, I'm going to, I, I literally go right between the roots right off the bat. It doesn't even matter how tall the tooth is, but if it's an upper molar, a lot of times I'll flat top it. If, if there's enough tooth structure left that I can actually make the choice, I'm going to flat top that thing. So there's about two millimeters above the gum line. And everyone thinks I'm nuts to do that, but I'm convinced that that gives me the visual visualization so that when I do section between the roots, I can actually see better. When you're sectioning through five millimeters of tooth structure or 10 millimeters of tooth structure to know exactly where you want to place that cut, I think it's harder. So I'll just take a big fat diamond and cut that thing just two millimeters above the gum line. And if I'm smart, I've done that. A lot of times I think, no, this time I'll do it differently. And then I, then I break the, the crown and it, it's broken well below the gum line. I got to do more digging. It's not a forcep-driven procedure for me. Um, basically, extractions to me have been, uh, as long as I can probe around, you are going to find the place you need to push. And if you can find the place you need to push, you're going to loosen the root up, essentially. Uh, unless it's you know ankylos or something like that. If you can visualize it, and that's difficult in a lot of cases, and if you're patient enough to push around, you know, if you take an elevator, I, you know, basically I have, I use the Carl Schumacher proximators a lot of times. I do have luxators too, but the bottom line, it's all the same thing. You're, you're probing down into that periodontal ligament space in hopes of finding the right place to push. And everyone who's done extractions the way that I do them knows exactly what I'm talking about because there's always that moment in an extraction when you know when that root is coming out. In other words, You've been pushing, you've been probing, you've been looking for that spot, but when you find it and it lets go, you know that it's coming out. And it's like, it literally is like the, ah, in the procedure. It's like, it is, it's incredibly satisfying. And for that reason, I love extractions. But when I have gone to a forcep too soon and I've broken off pieces to make it, to literally give me less places to push around and find that magic place to push, that's when I get very frustrated and I'm slow at it. I just feel like, uh, I don't know, I'm hoping that there's people listening to this that totally understand what I'm saying. If you understand what I'm saying, if you know the, the feeling of, oh, I know it's coming out this time, it just, it just let go. And typically it's, you know, it's two or three times per tooth if it's a molar and I'm taking it out root by root, which is what I do almost all the time. Uh, not because I, I want to necessarily charge out a surgical extraction, but I want to do as little damage to the, to the bone as possible. Um, that's, that's what I found myself doing. I do these kind of I hardly, I barely raise the tissue at all, and I, I kind of just try and take them out as, as atraumatically as possible. It takes a little longer that way. Clearly, if you want to do it fast, the smart thing is numb everything, lay a giant flap, and just start cutting bone until the teeth fall out. But but a lot of times you're trying to hang on to as much tissue as you can around the tooth, so it's, it's, it's very satisfying when you kind of let it go. And then the times that you can't do that, it is heartbreaking. Like I, one or two times a year I find myself working on a tooth that I finally have to give up on. And I can say that I'm not proud of it, but uh, there have been times I've had to do that. And it's, it's one of the worst feelings in the world because it's the kind of procedure you don't want to start a procedure like this and then have to refer. If you're going to refer, just refer. You don't want to refer after getting beaten badly. That's another reason endo is a love hate thing for me. I just, I don't, you know, you don't want to put your time and effort into it 
have the patient, you know, trust you on the deal and then realize you have to boot it. That's so I will say that I, I still get a bad beat now and again, but extractions are, are definitely a love hate procedure for me. Another funny thing I was thinking about, uh, basically dental practice ownership has been a real love hate thing for me. Like there are so many good things about owning a practice that a lot of people, you know, take for granted myself included, but you know, there are so many day to day choices that you make as an owner that you don't get to make when you're working for someone else. That's, that's something that, uh, I hardly ever even think about because all the choices are mine. But for that very same reason, all the choices being mine, that means all the consequences are mine as well, you know? And so that's sort of the downside. There's, there's so many different ways to practice dentistry. And we talk about these, all the different ways on podcasts constantly, but it's, you know, there, there are people who literally go an entire career without owning a practice. There are people who own multiple practices and barely even work as a dentist. It's like, there's so many different ways, but I, I would say I'm a relatively conventional person that way. I own one practice. I have worked in that practice for basically 20 years. I've grown as a dentist and a person in this practice. But, and I mean, like I originally took on the debt, so that was a huge downside, right? I didn't know what I was doing. I had to learn how to run a business. All these things were were tough downsides to owning the practice. But on the other hand, I got to choose the kind of dentistry that I did. I got to choose the procedures that I like to do. I got to manage my team for better or for worse. I got to do all the, all the choices were mine, but all the downside is also mine. And I, I'd be curious to know if there are any listeners to the Alan Mead Experience who have owned and run an office and are now associating or working in some other capacity than as an owner. That would be an interesting person to talk to, I think. So if, if you actually have any interest in being on the show and that's your situation where you literally used to own and you don't and you work in a different capacity, why don't you email me at alan, A-L-A-N, at the Alan Mead Experience. I'd love to talk to you. I think that would be a really interesting thing for listeners to hear about. Some of the upsides of owning the business, though, are are – it's really funny when people, when I think about the idea, there are times like when I'm, <laughs> when the, when the checkbook's a little bit slim and I've got bills to pay and that's a stressful moment and that's all on you, right? Then you got to figure out what you, what you're going to do and how you're going to deal with this or whatever. When your schedule's looking kind of light and it's a little, little sweaty. Cause that honestly, I think that happens to everyone. Maybe there's, maybe there are people that it doesn't happen to and they're always busy and everything's always good. But most people that are honest about their business know that they go through up and down cycles and that just happens. When you are working for someone, you're pretty much guaranteed the paycheck as long as you show up and work. And then you can literally leave leave the, the business side of it behind you. Go home and live your life. That's great. Honestly, as an owner and anyone who, who is an owner probably knows this, it's never far from the back of your mind what's going on at your office. Um, unless you literally are an owner and have someone else that manages it, or maybe it's a multiple dentist office where, but I mean, I, I have a relatively small office with a relatively small team and I, and I run it and that I had, I have to think that's a relatively conventional way of doing it around, you know, at least in the United States. And so it's never all that far from the back of my mind as to what's going on at the office. That is probably one of the downsides of being an owner. So <laughs> on, on days where, we're raking in the cash, doing big cases and doing great. It's a love thing. But on, on days where 
you know, it's a little slim, it's a little sweaty. I gotta, I gotta write thousands of dollars in tax checks and all that stuff. It's, you know, it can be a hate thing. I'm curious to know if there are other people out there that that have dealt with this and what they've done differently. So that's, I thought that was another interesting love hate. Uh, a third one that I was thinking of, and I've talked about this on the show quite a bit too, is um, having a commute to the office. Like there's so much good about having a commute and so much bad about having a commute. Like every year or so, I will do this thing where I like put together a spreadsheet. This is literally like the most depressing spreadsheet that you'll ever see because I sort of add up the number of hours that are quote unquote wasted by my 40 plus minute one way uh, commute to work. And it, and, and the number of hours that are burned in commuting back and forth to my office from my home, it's shocking. Like if you look at it from just a, a sheer productivity standpoint, it's shocking. Um, I, I'm not going to look up the numbers because I don't want to be depressed for the rest of the day. But understand, you know, when you're talking 80 minutes, you know, it doesn't take much to figure out the math. 80 minutes a day. I mean, it's more than it's almost an hour and a half a day. And I do it four days a week. <laughs> Adds up really fast. It's a lot of hours spent driving. Now, what do I do with that time? Uh, sometimes I, I talk, I talk on the phone with, with either my wife or my friends or whatever. A lot of time I'm spending listening to podcasts or books on tape. And that for me is actually a valuable time. I mean, that's, I like listening to podcasts. I do learn stuff from podcasts or at least I laugh or I'm learning, you know, or I'm hearing about politics or news or whatever, or I'm, you know, a book, Hey, I'm reading a book. That's cool too. But it's not the main reason to have, I mean, the, the commute is there because my office is that far away from work. It's not, you know, I didn't choose to have a commute so I could listen to podcasts. It's sort of one before the other, but I like it. And I do think there's a certain amount of decompression time, particularly on the way home from work where I can sort of let work wash off me a little bit. Like if I had a two minute commute and I just left after like a brutal extraction where I got my ass handed to me, that might, <laughs> might affect my relationships with my wife and children if I had no time to decompress between like getting over that. It's amazing to me how much better I am at at um, letting the stuff that really beat me up at work wash off me. It used to take weeks and I'd be hung up or, or worse. And literally now it's, I mean, a lot of times within the day, I kind of forget what I was even upset about the day before. That's an amazing thing that only comes with time, I think. But uh I think the commute really can help that. It literally gives me that time and space to kind of turn back into a dad and husband and everything. But on the other hand, like I said, the time, I mean, so that's a good thing. But the time, if you look at it as a waste, if you look at it as, well, I could be doing productive things, I could be with my family, I could be whatever. Yeah, it's it's hard not to think about wasted time that way, really and truly. It's it's a lot of time. So I've thought about it, I'm like, what if I... I, I, you know, cause I, my, the practice that I practice in is in a town that's, you know, a ways away from where I live. So it's not like I couldn't choose to change that. And, and so about every year or so I start exploring that idea and then I pretty much never do it because the upside of, of a practice that's established that I like, that I basically built for myself is pretty great. Uh, it just so happens that it's 40 minutes away from home. And so it's sort of a drag that way. So that's, again, I mean, there's the, the huge pros and cons, the love hate of that, uh, I know that I have a lot of friends who have almost no commute, and I it, it's hard for me to, to even imagine that lifestyle. Um, the, the idea that you don't have to jump in your car and drive for 40 minutes before you get to work, I don't even know how to handle that because it's been that way for so long for me. So it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting point. 
the very last love hate thing is uh is team uh, managing a team and I'm very grateful for the team of people that work for me i've got a I've got a good group um I'm not a good manager i am I'm a softy I don't like to I don't do confrontation very well. And even though I have a lot of resources, especially since I've been doing the dental hacks, all the different resources, people I've talked to and people we've interviewed and, and people I have access to, I'm still horrible at it in, in the way that when things need to be confronted, I'm, I'm a giant wuss about it almost all the time. I'm better than I used to be, but I'm still pretty bad. Um, but like on a daily basis, I'm literally consciously thinking about how grateful I am for the team that I have, the team that I've assembled and the fact that they've got my back and that most of the time work is a pretty great place to be. And I know that there's a lot of dentists that don't necessarily have that. And I, I mean, I feel bad for them because, um, it's important, it's important to my sanity that I have that at this point, but man, oh man, I don't, I don't like hiring. I really don't like firing. Uh, that kind of conflict, having to change when everything seems to be going well in the status quo. I have to say, I kind of like that when there's not a lot of a lot of problems that you're having to deal with. And um, luckily, like I said, I haven't had that. I haven't had that really for years, to tell you the truth. Um, but you know what it's like when you've got one or two people on your team, and it and it's a problem. Oh man, it can it can make it's a difference between wanting to go to work and not wanting to go to work. <laughs> And so it's a, it's a, it can be a huge, huge love hate thing. Um, so again, I, like I said, I'm very grateful for my team now. And, and honestly, I'm grateful that I have the resources now. I, I definitely, since I started podcasting, I definitely have a better handle on what I will need to do because it's always inevitable. You know, team stuff always happens. You're always going to have to hire. You're always going to have to fire at some point. Uh, you know, nothing ever stays the same forever with the people that you're working for. And and actually it's worth thinking about that. You know, not that you necessarily have to be, have a huge contingency plan, but you have to know what you might do if you need to find someone else. And you have to remember too, as much as you love the team that you have, there is no one there that is, uh, that can't be replaced. I mean, assuming that you are the owner, you can't be replaced because you're going to sell that place. But besides that, no one, no one is there that can't be replaced. And it doesn't feel good to say that when you have a team that feel that that's working really well, but you can, there's always a way around that. There's always someone that there's always change. I mean, even if it's not someone who you had to let go because they were, they were stealing money from you. It was what if someone, their husband moves to another state for their job and they're going with their husband. And so through no fault of yours or theirs, they have to leave and you have to replace this this huge asset on your team. That's hard. Like that freaks me out. The idea of losing someone like that freaks me out. But I think you have to always understand that that's a possibility and you have to know your resources. So, uh, yeah, if I didn't have to manage the team, I would much prefer that. However, I want to make sure if managing the team means being able to put together the great team, then I guess I got to do it. I'm not good at it. I don't like it, but man, I, Having a good team, if you've worked with a good team and, and worked with a not good team, you know the difference, and life is so much better when the team is all going in the same direction and working well together. So uh, as much as managing that sucks, <laughs> you got to do it, and and, uh, and it's worth doing if you can. So I, I've thought about a lot of these love-hate relationships. I mean, dentistry is kind of full of love-hate relationships. I just thought I would throw that out there. If any listeners have any love-hate stuff they want to tell me about, 
or talk about, you should uh, you should definitely throw them out. Either email me at Alan A L A N at the Alan Meat Experience, or even better, um, join the Alan Meat Experience Facebook page, which is growing, but not too fast, right? Remember this: the whole concept was the Dental Hacks Nation is a great page, and it's huge. We're going to have fourteen thousand members probably by the end of this weekend. Uh, it's huge. It's a huge resource. There's a ton of really smart, fun people there. Sometimes there's people that yell and scream at each other. It's crazy. 14,000 people in the dental field. That's insane. The Alameda experience is about 100 so far. And the only people there are people that listen to this podcast because I haven't really marketed it anywhere else. And you can't get in unless you give me the code word. So the code word is Premier, as in Premier Dental Products, Inspired Solutions for Daily Dentistry. Uh so when it asks for the, what you do is you go to Facebook, you look up the Allen Meat Experience, and you will you can ask for an invite. And the question is going to say, when when you, it's going to ask you the question, what's the code word? The code word is Premier, as in Premier Dental Products, and you we let you in. It's a really cool group. It's it's all people. It, it's a pretty comfortable place. Pretty great. And uh, like I said, if you have any love hate ideas about dentistry, we can talk about them there. Or again, email me at Allen at the Allen Meat Experience. Uh, this has been fun. I appreciate you guys listening to the show. It means a lot to me. Again, go check out those Slicks composite instruments by Premier Inspired Solutions for Daily Dentistry. Uh, great company. Man, this company is great to work with. These are the best. So um, thanks a ton. We will be back next week, and we will talk to you then. <laughs> <laughs>